Hello, magic seekers. You are listening to the Little Scraps of Magic podcast, where you're invited to journey to the depths of your soul in search of pleasure, peace, truth, and grit. Here, you'll go within as you listen to conversations, meditations, and life lessons that will guide you back to your power, help you regulate your nervous system, and remind you that magic is real. I'm your host, Steph Traska, a life and embodiment coach, energy worker, mom of two crazy little boys, and at my core, a wild earth goddess. Whether you're in an energetic space of power and joy, or you're feeling shattered and stuck, it's my mission to nourish you back to your divine wholeness so that you step into your day and life with deep trust and an open heart. Now take a cleansing breath and open yourself up to receive today's little scrap of magic. Anything you want to do. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to another episode of the Little Scraps of Magic podcast. It is the kickoff of season two. And as I'm recording this, it is February 1st, 2024. This is the day we celebrate in bulk. And so as will become clear as you listen to this episode, it's going to be about awakening and new beginnings. If you don't know what in bulk is, you are probably in good company, but I am a woman that in the last couple of years, as I've undergone my spiritual awakening, or at least the first of many, I'm sure, I have really leaned into and learned a lot about earth-based spirituality and pagan practices. Uh, Much of my life, I grew up really hoping to find religion, to find a sense of belonging and community within a sacred group, to feel that sense of rootedness and God's energy, that light energy. And whenever I'd go into a church or a temple, um, I have Hindi grandparents, Jewish stepmom and step-grandparents, and then a Christian family as well. And so I was able to bounce around and try out all different kinds of, of faiths. And while that was a beautiful experience, I never felt like anywhere that I landed really gave me that sense of connectedness and sacredness that I was longing for. What always did make me feel connected and at peace was being in nature. And so it makes so much sense to me as a woman now in adulthood, finding these pagan practices, which are often also Celtic practices. And that is a part of my background as well. Um, I'm one quarter Scottish, so it's been really wonderful reconnecting with my ancient roots, roots that I wasn't really introduced to growing up as a little girl, but that I feel them. I feel them running through me. Um, Pagan practices have been around since the beginning of time, and at their core, they are earth-based spiritual practices. So living in sync with the rhythms and the seasons around us, really honoring the sun and the moon and the earth and the water and all of the ebbs and flows around us, which holds my heart in so many ways, one of which being just the beauty of 
being able to have that permission to rest, to sink into stillness in the winter, you know, not feeling like we have to be in constant harvest mode or production mode as our modern capitalistic society has absolutely conditioned us to feel. So Imbolc is one of the eight Sabbaths or celebrations, holidays on the pagan wheel of the year. And that's just looking at the 12 months as this cycle. And so You know, you have your spring equinox, your autumn equinox, and then you have your solstices, both summer and winter, so one per season. And in between each of those solstices and equinoxes is another little holiday that marks the midway point. So in bulk, February 1st, is the midway point between winter solstice and spring equinox. And... It's funny too because I grew up loving Groundhog Day. I there was something about it that got me so excited. I was filled with fresh hope, wondering did Punxsutawney Phil see his shadow? Are we going to have 6 more weeks of winter or an early spring? And so now having found this deeper sense of connection with these earth-based spiritual practices, the Sabbaths, Um, It just makes me kind of smile and chuckle thinking, you know, I was always on this road. I was always on this path. Well, I didn't know the names and the ways to honor all of these various celebrations throughout the year. Um, I feel like somewhere in my heart, I, I knew they were out there and they existed. Now, you're probably familiar with the customs of Groundhog Day. It is February 2nd, so the day after Imbolc. And, you know, we wait for Punxsutawney Phil to come out of his little hole and tell us if he saw his shadow or not, which, again, are we going to have an early spring or are we going to have a long winter? Now, Groundhog Day was actually born out of the ancient customs of Imbolc. So similar to the idea of Groundhog Day, ancient Celts would listen for a lark to sing on Imbolc. And if they heard the bird, it meant that the god had returned to the goddess and spring would be early. So you can see the overlap there. Now, I think whether you're looking at it as Imbolc or as Groundhog Day, it marks a special day, right? It marks a special day in the wheel of the year that celebrates the return of the light after the darkness of winter. You've made it through the darkest days. Now we can look ahead to new life, new beginnings, and the birth of new ideas. Imbolc actually means in the belly, and that is a reference to fertility and the new beginnings of this harvest season. And What I love about Imbolc as well is while it is about awakening, while it is about calling in the light, calling light into our lives, into our souls, calling in that new energy, it also gives us space and energy to sink into the rest and the stillness that winter still offers. We still have several weeks of winter. I think at this point in the year, depending where you are geographically, I'm in the Midwest in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, We actually just had the third cloudiest January on record since they've been keeping track of these things. So in the last 70 years, third cloudiest January we've had. So we've been used to living under this veil of darkness. And indeed, just because we're at the midway point between winter solstice and spring equinox, it does not mean that it's only going to be light from here on out, right? There is still winter to be experienced. Yes, even in a culture that likes to put 
uh, Easter things out before it's even Valentine's Day and that likes to put out Halloween things before the 4th of July, (laughs) right? We still have some winter to experience. And I think when we have this celebration, this acknowledgement or this moment where we're recognizing that half of the winter is behind us, like, wow, a lot of it is in the past, right? And for me, that invites this appreciation, this gratitude, this presence to really continue to sink into the rest that winter offers. Yes, I am feeling a little bit more of that lightness and that energy coming through just here and there. It depends on the year. This year I am really, really solidly in that wintry, sleepy hibernation state and and I'm really loving it. Um, But, you know, certain years I think we can get to February and feel like, oh my gosh, will it ever end? And we just want to jump ahead and we want to go into spring and we want to see the sun shining and have this more active life and active energy within us. But for me, this acknowledgement that we're, we're halfway there, I really do enjoy what's left of winter a bit more rather than really growing lethargic or listless or passive with the energy of winter. And I think when we feel and know that new life and light are on the horizon We can be more present and grounded in our current realities. Now, goddesses are another aspect of paganism and the Celtic ways. And there are different ones, different archetypes. They are another really rich way to have self-inquiry and to connect with the divine and feel supported in your life by these different archetypes, by these different characters and energy and stories that are just so rich. The goddess that is associated closely with Imbolc is the Celtic goddess Brigid, who was celebrated as the goddess of learning, of healing, of fertility, and of uh, blacksmith, the craftsman. And what Brigid symbolizes is telling of the season that we find ourselves in, right? A time of gratitude for what we have for making it through the darker months, a time of celebration of light coming back, a time of resetting ourselves and our homes and planning the year ahead. So when it comes to celebrating Imbolc and Brigid, it's all about shining light on healing, creativity. The seeds from last year's harvest will be planted for this new season. A lot of us, I think, feel pressure. (laughs) Sometimes we like it, but sometimes it feels like pressure. Uh, At the beginning of the year, you know, January 1st, we think of that as the new year. And this is the time when we are supposed to be setting goals and being really achievement-oriented. And to be honest, you know, although it was only a month ago, and now I am talking about inviting in a new lighter energy and forward movement, January 1st still just feels like so the dead of winter, right? Winter solstice was only... 10 days prior, something like that. And um, we don't necessarily have the energy to be moving forward. So again, pagans had the right idea here with waiting to celebrate the new year with the coming of spring, when animals were being born, when buds were popping up out of the earth. And while we may not have the energy to do all of that right now, 
February 1st during in bulk, it is a time when we might start feeling that shift. We might start inviting that shift to take place. And I think that for me, it really honors my true energy more. You know, in the winter, I'm just not about all the goals. I'm not about all of the rigidity or I don't know if I'm ever about rigidity, but I'm I'm not all about creating a bunch of momentum in the dead of winter. I'm about really coming into myself and being as still and as quiet as I can be. And then as the days start growing longer, as the temperatures begin rising, as I begin seeing the sun more and more, I do feel a different surge of energy. And this is one of the ways where we can do less in our lives, where we can work smarter and not harder, is by working with the energy that is around us in our environments and that is within us, in our hearts, in our souls, in our bones. So when we're trying to set goals and we're trying to move forward and we're trying to push in a time of year where we're not energetically primed, we're not physically, mentally, emotionally primed to be pushing, it can feel like an uphill battle. But if we can wait and listen within and also looking around to mother nature to sort of fuel us and source us, then our harvest, then our goal setting and our forward movement into the new year can feel so much more effortless, so much more filled with ease. And so I'd like to spend the rest of my time here with you today in this place of reflection and taking pause to acknowledge the things that I have accomplished, the things that I've learned, the things that I have begun to integrate, and then thinking of how I want to use this light energy that Imbolc offers, that the coming of spring offers, how I can use that to illuminate the things that I want to continue to grow in. And as I am reflecting here, as I'm talking through some of this, it's always an invitation for you to do the same, right? So some of the, the, the questions that I may pose for myself, some of the comparisons that I may draw, some of the awarenesses I may have, it's always this invitation for you to apply it to your own life. So, wow, this winter has been a winter of such gratitude for me. As I've mentioned throughout season one, I was thrust into this sort of stay-at-home mom role suddenly in the fall of 2023, so just recently. Um, before that, I had had 20-plus hours of childcare per week and so worked part-time, you know, spent those 20-plus hours working, networking, and then was with my children, giving as much of myself as I could and I wanted to. I wanted to be present for them and I wanted to be present for my business and my spiritual growth and my emotional wellness and my physical wellness. And while I was all of those things, what I wasn't recognizing, what I wasn't seeing was that, or perhaps I did see it, I just was too distracted by trying to do everything that I didn't acknowledge how busy I was and how overwhelmed I was and how I was just really in there pretty shallow in so many aspects of my life. I could only be in one place deeply at a time, yet I was trying 
to do it all and thinking or convincing myself that I was deeply in everything. But the thing I was deepest in was my business for sure. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. At different times in our lives, we give more of ourselves to certain areas, to certain subjects. But what I also had kind of forgotten was how important my children are to me and how precious their early years are and how all I wanted when I was working as a teacher, when I wasn't making my own hours, when all I wanted was to be at home with my firstborn, with my baby. And that was the whole impetus for starting my business. And I grew to love my business and it became such a part of my identity that I craved more time with it, the self-development that came with it that I had no idea would be such a, such a part of me and was such a part of my life. But in it, I lost deep connection with my kids. I'd have it in moments, um, but I had access to more. You know, I could have chosen to be more present and to be more connected, but I chose to be in my work more. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it took outside forces. You know, I believe that we have spirit guides, that we have teams of light on the other side that are supporting us, that are speaking to us, that are looking out for us. And I really feel like they knew (laughs) that my life wouldn't feel as rich or complete or authentic and true to me if I didn't have more of my focus, at least in these early years when my kids are home more, if I didn't have my focus there with them. And so... I mentioned, and like I said, in season one, that like within a couple of months, three of our childcare support people fell through in different ways. And, you know, that's the stories don't matter right now of, of how that happened. Um, and finally, when the third shoe dropped, when the third support person was like, oh, you know, have to bow out. I at first felt so sad and so like, oh no, this is so unfair and what's going to happen to my business and how am I going to make this work and who's going to be with my children? And it was like absolutely this clear message from my intuition and from the other side saying, you're not going to find anyone else for your kids. You're going to be there with them. And I really, I felt it in every fiber of my being like, yep. This is a season where I am meant to be really present with my children. And it's taken, I mean, it was like the first weekend in November. So I've only spent, you know, three full months (laughs) in this role. And it's taken me a while to reconnect with the parts of myself that I've been missing for a long time. And it's interesting because I've preached... (laughs) So much in the work that I've done about slowing down, about being present, about being here, where your feet are in these moments, and about really going after your desires, living a desire-led life, and following your heart, and letting your intuition be your guide. And I really, I did that in so many ways, but I think for a long time I ignored my intuition telling me that it's like time to just 
just pull back on your business a little. It doesn't need to go away and it's going to be there for you when in a year when your kids are in school more, you know, and you can go right back into it. But I was definitely ignoring signs that I could have this opportunity and this gift to be in my home more. And it's just interesting when you make that your life, your mission, the thing that you share and that you support other people in doing, how you can kind of fall off the radar yourself, how you can actually slip from doing exactly the thing that you you prize above everything else. And I found it really hard to slow down Um, as much as I was ready. I really did once I got that clear message from the universe that it was this time for me to be with my kids and to release some of my work and to go inward. Um, I still like, it's like I didn't know how. It's like I didn't know how to be in stillness. I didn't know what to do with the space before me. Because while yes, two little boys that were two and four years old, it's not like you have like all of this space and time, right? They're constantly needing things. And and even when they're not needing actively in the moment, there's other stuff that draws your attention, you know, just trying to keep the house together and trying to just all the things, right? Getting the dog's prescriptions and refilling the dishwasher and remembering to put the clothes in the dryer and putting things away into the dresser drawers. And I did find the more time I had, it's like, oof, well, I should be doing more for everyone. I should be getting even more organized, you know, and not letting myself sit and read or listen to a podcast if the kids are engaged in something. I really felt like this pressure to, okay, if I'm not working right now, now granted we weren't paying for childcare, but we still kind of felt this like, oh, well, how do I, how do I earn my keep here? You know, it's like, reshuffling your identity and figuring out how to find this new balance and what I've really allowed myself to do as the months went on I've just been reading so many books I just put my phone down and when I have free moments when my children are engaged which I must say they are so much more often now that I've had the time to pour into them and that I've really been able to observe them and feel what's happening in their bodies, you know, when they're overwhelmed or when they're sad, instead of just like feverishly trying to do a quick fix in the moment and move on. I'm really trying to look beneath the surface and support them and their well-being and their growth, knowing that each moment that I do give them my whole heart and my whole attention. It helps form them into more confident and happy people. And then I'm not saying you need to not be working to do that. I think any of us can do that. And yes, I feel incredibly privileged to have more time to do that with my children, to have more space to do that with my children than I did when I was at my Montessori teaching job, um, or that many of you who may be working massive hours and overtime may have with your children. And I don't, at least now, I really don't take that for granted. But we can still find those moments, right, to slow down and try not to be in that frantic energy and try to be in that energy of, oh, 
not just repair, but just nurture, nurture and nourish. And I suppose with in bulk and in this reflection and looking ahead to light energy, it's like what I've learned to do in the darker months is to slow down and is to be quiet. And I want to keep doing that. Do I feel an urge to put out a program and work with more incredible women and build things and be in community and in new ways? Yeah, I do. But I just trust in the timing of all of that. And I just feel in the spaciousness and the quiet that I've created and that I've allowed that this is what my soul needs and this is what my family needs. And this season will end too. You know, at a certain point, this season will end. Bruce, it's February 1st, 2024 now, and he's in a four days a week, three hours a day forest school. We'll have lots of cancellations for bad weather. Um, It's kind of easier to be like, oh, we're going on vacation. We're missing a week or, you know, this and that. And so I feel like I still have so much of him at home. And Everett doesn't go to school at all yet. He's home with me. And then he spends a couple hours with a neighbor and a few hours with my in-laws. And other than that, he's with me. And next year, Bruce is going to be in school all day, 8.15 to 3.15. And Everett will be there with him in the mornings, uh, 8.15 to 11.45, every day, five days a week. And each time I think about it, I'm filled with gratitude for these moments I have with them, and I'm filled with sorrow because it is the end of something. It is the end of the era, you know, of, of my, my firstborn being home with me. The era where you feel like you can protect them. Like you have more control. And the beginning of what I predict to be the slow pulling away that I know a lot of mothers experience with their sons. And I know there's going to be so much beauty and deepening in our relationship and oh, and his personality and the ways that he'll blossom and grow. And that brings me joy. <laughs> and that's how it's supposed to be. But it really has pulled me. This winter has felt like such a gift, such a tremendous gift to be able to turn within, within myself and within my kids and to be together and to nourish ourselves with doing way too many crafts and building crazy things with our kids' nugget couches and dance parties and painting and going to the bookstore and, you know, what can just feel like for so many and at various times in my life, Like, oh, the things you do to pass the time, to kill time, to run down the clock, to get to the end of the day. Sure, I have days and moments still in my deep gratitude where I feel that or think that. But generally, it's just like, how can we create feelings of peace and joy and connection in our home and in our life? And they open up these moments where we get to talk and where I really just get to watch them to watch Everett and to watch Bruce. And I think what I'm 
illuminating is how important too the present moment is. We look far ahead. We look ahead into our future and we think, how do we get there? How do we prepare for that? Or we look back and think, wasn't that so beautiful? Wasn't that so sweet? Weren't they so cute? Didn't I look great? (laughs) But not often enough do we look at our, our present moments. Do we look at right now and romanticize that? And not often enough do we do the work, the inner work, so that we can benefit now. We think, you know, about how it's going to heal us later, but how is it transforming us and the moments of our lives now? I think another thing I realized this winter is how very much I need alone time and space. Um, As much as my time with my kids is this great gift, I'm so needed and relied upon. And I find with my husband, it seems like my energy runs out when we come together as a family. Like I'm so excited to see him and I'm so excited to connect as a family. But then the reality is I can flinch when he tries to touch me or I just don't have the same ability to listen in a really locked in manner. And that's been a hard part of this season. I feel confusion with myself. Like what, well, where is this anger coming from? Where is this flippance, you know, this flippant attitude kind of coming from when you lived with gratitude throughout the day, when you lived with presence. And I think it's because I'm so present and I'm really wanting to feel such a sense of grounded connection and peace with my kids that I'm probably working really hard at doing that. And then I am exhausted and I am tapped out and I don't All I want to do then is just be with myself. I just want to read more. (laughs) I just want to lay quietly. I just want to be with my thoughts. And that's been an interesting thing too because I think often in life we're running from our thoughts. We're trying not to face them. We don't want to know. Like a lot of times I think it's when we're living out of alignment And we know, well, if I can hear my thoughts, then I'm going to realize how out of alignment I am, how unhappy I am in certain areas. And oh gosh, that's going to mean that I have to change things and I have to let go of the way things are. And that sounds like a lot of work or I'm going to disappoint or hurt people. And so I think a lot of us get into these like numbing behaviors and I'm not in that space right now. I really... I really want to be with my thoughts. (laughs) Um, It's like I want to be friends with myself. And as I mentioned, I do believe so deeply in the spirit world and the other side. And so it also feels like I need that quiet so that I can feel open, so that I can feel open to the other side, so that I can feel open to the spirits so that I can receive messages and hear my intuition more clearly and decode and figure out what certain aspects of my life and its whole unfolding means. 
And then probably just like, you know, my nervous system gets overstimulated. And I just, I just like need to repair physically. Um, and so I don't know what to do about that yet. I think on the one hand, it's like, and I voice this with my husband, but like, it's like, I need more time. I need more space for myself. Um, because I'm giving so much to the kids and then I miss myself. And I think if I can't be with myself, then how can I, how can I be with my partner? You know, if I can't step back long enough to look at myself when the day has been so much about looking at the children or reading my books, I don't mean to seem like when I'm with my kids, I'm literally doing nothing for myself because I think I really beautifully model You know, I have books around all the time or journals around or my sun lamp or things like that that the kids watch me using, you know, to bring me joy and to learn. Um, And so I do that during the day, but it's a different thing when you have just silence around and you know that no one's going to ask you for anything or no one's going to get upset or need mediating. Um, And so part of it, I suppose, looking forward I, I probably need to be more clear about what I need. Um, I probably need to be more clear, <laughs> kind and clear, because I want it for myself. I want the space for myself, the time for myself, the quiet for myself. I need it. But I also want it for us because I know what it feels like when we're really in sync, my husband and I. And when we really have the energy for each other and it's so fun and it's so illuminating. And yeah, I think to continue in this next season to give us space to grow, I need to give myself some space as well. And so I feel like this winter, it's really just been about space. It's been about, it's been about space. And perhaps that's my word for the year or my resolution or my intention as we sit here in the energy of in bulk, as we are six weeks out from spring equinox, when new life begins, space, space and light. Yeah. (sighs) Well, I think that's all I have in me today. I, um... (laughs) I don't know if this was helpful or interesting or not. I thought, oh, it's February 1st. It's in bulk. I want to record an episode and release it. I release my episodes on Fridays, or historically I have. And I thought, I'm going to do it. I'm going to release this episode. I'm going to record it, and we'll talk about the energy of awakening. And with that, though, I think comes reflection. Um, and so this is, I guess, a little peek into how you can practice if you're someone who is interested in pagan practices in earth-based spirituality and the rhythms of the earth and mother nature and how you can work with them it doesn't have to be an elaborate ritual you don't have to bake bread and make crafts and light candles though these are some of the ancient traditions that uh, are welcomed to honor in bulk but all you really have to do is be aware Be aware of what's happening on the planet, on the earth right now, where you are, right? And so for me, that's recognizing this is a midway point. This is a time to pause and look inward, thinking about what do I want to 
call in in this season ahead and also to take time to reflect on what I've learned in this past season and apply it to new endeavors as the wheel of the year turns. So this was my way of honoring Imbolc, of participating, and I hope in some way that you found a little scrap of magic for yourself within my reflections, my stories. Um, And yeah, (laughs) that's going to be it for me today. So next week, I will have an episode dropping from my wonderful friend, G. Sunny. She is an incredible human being and spirit and has done so much with her life and in the world. So I'm really excited to share her with you. And until next time, keep looking for those little scraps of magic. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. It's such an honor to be invited into your space. If you love today's show, subscribe and leave a review so you don't miss a thing. And if you're looking for more in-depth support in your life, if you're seeking to be held and inspired for your growth, I do offer one-on-one EFT or tapping sessions, spiritual life coaching, and other group programs. I always am talking about these on my Instagram, which is Steph, S-T-E-P-H dot Traska, T-R-Z-A-S-K-A, and also on my website, littlescrapsofmagic.com. So please wander over to either of those platforms and see how I can support you more deeply. Until next time, keep looking for those little scraps of magic. Check.